I used to go to a barber shop in Arlington for eight years and then I moved up here and the best place they have that you could trust with your hair is a salon. There you go. Oh yeah. <laughs> so paying $15 more per haircut and uh, getting like blow dried and shit. It's weird, but it takes so long too. Do you pay uh, female haircut prices? No, not quite female haircut prices, but more than male barbershop prices. Like I pay, I pay 20 bucks. So, uh, okay. speaking of female haircut prices, I, I actually got, uh, my beard cut and it was the most expensive thing in the world ever. <laughs> <laughs> so, because like, as, as you've probably seen the last couple of times we've recorded, <laughs> anytime we've had the webcams on, it really was getting a little bit out of control. You had a bird nest in there. Yeah, I did uh, for about a week or two. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I had to dig it out. <laughs> but, uh, Grizzly, yeah, Grizzly Mick Adams. <laughs> Grizzly O. Adams. I, I would have thought it would have been the opposite. <laughs> o. Adams works too, yeah. Welcome to episode 14 of Rather Be Playing, the podcast where we talk about how we'd rather be playing games than trying to overclock your graphics card. <laughs> I've done it. It's not that bad. <laughs> I'm Josh. I'm Elliot. And I'm Steve-O. It's a very tedious process. You you, you kind of got to crash your computer over and over and over and over <laughs> oh again. Oh my God, that would kill and me. You tweak it a little more until it stops crashing. Um, Blue screens. You're basically just... just Asking for blue screens to happen. Thankfully, no blue screens. It, okay. Is that like a processor thing? It usually just shuts off. It just shuts off. I, well, like it freezes to the point where you can't move anything and then yeah. I have to manually kill it. But it's, I, I just got a, I was playing Rise of the Tomb Raider and I was like, this looks so good. And then you start getting, you know, you, I, I've had it set up forever. I've had this game for a long time and I had the settings on it. Forever, I've been happy with it, but then I'm just like, hmm, I wonder if it could look a little better. And then I start tweaking, <laughs> and I'm like, man, it dips to like 55 frames per second. And I'm like, oh no, maybe if I overclock it, and then I just like, <laughs> you, you just start, you get into the extreme fine tuning, and it's, it's like I see how people go insane um, with similar obsessions. Feel like I feel like this is a, a warning call that I've got an addictive personality and I should probably not be drinking this beer. Next, this episode. is so funny. I believe I feel like we've flipped, we've switched places. You were always the console player, and I, I only had a PC, yeah. <laughs> and I basically played everything on my PC, tried to get every last ounce out of the processor <laughs> and graphics that I could. Uh, Upgraded many, many times, and now you're the one tweaking this stuff, and I'm it's, just PS4 all the way. Having a PC is a game in and of itself beyond <laughs> playing games. Like, I was done. I didn't even need Tomb Raider anymore. After I got the overclocking set right, I was like, I won. <laughs> <laughs> that was the final boss. Turned off the game. and Until the blue screen happens, Elliot, and, and then you just want to well, kill yourself. That is funny. the <laughs> Until well, I should mention that until episode fifteen, where Elliot would be rather be playing than installing a water cooler <laughs> yeah. in, in his CPU kit, in his uh, CPU. Indeed, no, but like you said, I I had it set up perfectly. I was like, here we go. I played some Destiny two earlier, and it froze like ten minutes. Oh into no! It. 
So I was like, okay, so the overclock isn't exact. It doesn't, it's different depending on what program you're running. And so I dialed it back a little more conservatively <laughs> and it's good. Like I got it. So everything is maxed out completely in 1440p, except for draw distance is just one notch down. Mm, and uh, it's pretty good. It looks so good, guys. I enjoyed what? playing it on my PS4 where I just turned it on and played it. Yeah, but it was 30 <laughs> frames per second. How did you not throw up? <laughs> I agree. A lot of games are definitely worth playing on the PC for the sake of frame rate. Yeah. Uh, but I, the worst time of my life, well, okay, complete exaggeration, but I'm going to roll with it. <laughs> the worst time of my life was when we had uh, all bought Battlefield 3. And I think I had recently upgraded something or other, RAM or whatever. It was probably RAM because I think that gives you blue screens. And I would start playing that with you and Mike or whoever. And things, it would go blue and I would just get sad. I remember <laughs> that. You had the inexplicable blue screen. Yeah. Oh, and do you right. remember? Yeah. I changed my entire PC. I rebuilt the entire PC. <laughs> Completely different components. Nothing was the same. The RAM was different. The CPU was different. The graphics card was different. Yeah. And I still got blue screens. I sold two full PCs to Elliot. <laughs> <laughs> two full PCs. And he never got a green screen or a blue screen, sorry, on either of them. And only after I had like you know, given up on both of them, did I build another one and it worked fine? And you know, I swear we, had, I thought we had figured that uh, that it was the RAM for all that. I thought that we did too, but because I remember going, the very first thing I said to you was, "Is it the RAM?" It's got to be the RAM. <laughs> but I, I ran mem test about a million times. You know, you leave it running for like two <laughs> days know. at a time, yeah. <laughs> and it says no errors whatsoever. Uh, and then as soon as you boot up the game blue again <laughs> sadness god that was that was like two years ago wasn't it Something yeah like, <laughs> it was obviously you steve you were the i think so <laughs> as soon as you gave me the same computers they were fine if, if i was a pc i would just try and freak out the most <laughs> anxious person i know too. like if, i would just if i knew that the owner would get really pissed off about this I'd, yeah i'd probably just blue screen it's like ah, oh, not another ginger screen <laughs> oh, low hanging fruit josh i uh, know <laughs> they can't all be winners <laughs> no it was a good one it was just low hanging fruit <laughs> all righty so what do, we, what do we got today guys um i guess first off of the off the docket sure. um i've been saying that a lot recently and i don't really know what it means but <laughs> it's a it's a law term docket is like okay. a list of cases and whatnot i believe you alumni <laughs> alumnus <laughs> man um uh, uh our buddy mike uh who was on last week from the pod nerdy to me podcast it was um telling us about his advanced death saves kickstarter which he contributed some artwork to a co comics i believe he actually wrote some stories for it right um and as of earlier this week well we're recording this a little early, but as of earlier last week, um, it uh, it funded. That's nice. uh, it, it met its goal. Yeah. Good. And right now it should. It's got 12 hours to go as of this recording and um, uh, over eighteen thousand dollars. Nice. Uh, pledged. So it's well over its fifteen thousand goal. Three hundred ninety nine backers. Someone out there will be lucky number four hundred. And give me, yeah, a, give me a second. Give me a second. Hold on. <laughs> <laughs> 
Wait, is there a prize? <laughs> Congrats to Mike and yeah, all the so other much. artists involved. It's fantastic. Well done. I'm looking forward to receiving mine. Yeah. I I don't know when they're supposed to ship out. I, I didn't look that far, but uh, um, I'm sure they're hard at work on them. And yeah, yeah exactly. To it. This is when the work starts. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, I like to think that the winning pledge learned about advanced death saves on the rather be playing podcast. <laughs> I'm, I'm That's sh- the most presumptuous thing I've ever heard. <laughs> and I love it. And it's absolutely true. I'm, I'm, I'm sure. <laughs> maybe they left us a review thanking us for that. Maybe, maybe they did. And speaking of reviews and also speaking of, uh, friends of the show, uh, the same team y'all podcast where, um, we had Eric, one of the hosts of that podcast on the show a few weeks before Mike. Um, they, I don't know if you guys have listened to the most recent episode, but they were, they, they like to, um, when they get really nice reviews and, uh, and like likes on iTunes and things like that, they like to share it with people, uh, on their podcast. And the one that they shared in the most recent episode was this really sweet thing that they were just kind of gushing over. And, the secret that I have to tell about that was I was the one who wrote it. It was <laughs> you all along. <laughs> that was a really nice review. I remember uh, I I did listen to the most recent episode. It was very <laughs> heartfelt. It was I, and they loved it so much. They enjoyed reading it so much. <laughs> yeah, it was. I don't know if I should tell them. I don't know if I should surprise them. I, I don't I know think, if I should. I, leave I, it I that think way. they'll find out in about yeah, two weeks. Yeah, I think they've just yeah. been <laughs> in, about, in about five days or whatever. They've just been surprised. <laughs> yeah. Well, guys, I'm glad you liked the review. I wrote it um, a while ago after listening to the podcast and feeling especially good. And uh, and yeah, I was at the gym that morning listening to the podcast and there's like a little bit in there I wrote about I had to set down the weight so I wouldn't hurt myself from laughing. <laughs> it was true. Like it was it was legit. And then I came back. I was like, I don't know. Fucking write a good review here. So yeah. good nice. show. Um <laughs> I almost said pod nerdy. Sorry. We've got too many podcasts in my head. Good show. Same team, y'all. Um, good podcast. Keep up the good work. And uh, thanks for the kind words. Keep spreading the love, guys. You're doing good work. <laughs> I guess I'll keep on talking because <laughs> <laughs> somebody else talk. Josh, say something to say. I told I introduced you guys to him. I'm glad you you liked him. They were some, it's true. Some good, it's true. good couple of guys. So the last thing I'm going to say before we get into the meat of the the podcast here um, is I've been wanting to tell you guys for the longest time. Let me think. It was before Eric was on. I think it was a week before Eric came on, which was three episodes ago. So that's six weeks. So that's almost two months. I've been sitting on this that I went out and I bought something and I haven't even told you guys off the podcast because I've been saving it for on the podcast. Elliot, this sounds like it's been weighing on you. Have have you told your priest? (laughs) I have not. I've not not told. You should probably stand up if you've been sitting on it for six weeks, too. You should get out, get some air, take a walk, something. I know. It's been, it's got got to the point that- Has it hatched? I I actually forgot one week. We had an open week between Mike and Eric, and I I could have talked about it, and I just forgot I even had this thing. Mustn't be that important, then. Let's just move on to the next topic. (laughs) Sure. So, Mario Odyssey. (laughs) No, I bought a Sega Genesis- 
a Sega Genesis? Like an, yeah, a, sorry. an, an actual a, one or one of those Sega like Mega Drive? An actual one or one of those like uh, 50 game in one things? An actual working original model, original generation Sega Genesis. Oh. So um, was it because uh, the Super Nintendo Classic came out? And it was a little bit. Uh, I've, I was definitely feeling the nostalgia. I'd already got the pre-order in. I was waiting for it to come in. Amy and I were at our usual brunch place. We're sitting outside. We're sitting outside. So that gives you an idea of what time of year this was. It wasn't fucking <laughs> frigid November. Uh and across the street, this lady starts setting up tables and putting a bunch of stuff like electronic equipment for sale on the sidewalk. And I notice consoles. I couldn't get a good look. But then after we finished our brunch, we walked over and she had a, it was like a, a library, like an archive of old video game equipment and games. It was a lot of stuff. Did you chat to her? A, Did you find out whose they were? And like, She said they were her grandkids. Um, there was a lot of consoles for grandkids, though. Yeah. But I believe her. And so it was like two <laughs> Sega Genesis systems, three Super Nintendos, uh, an Atari. Oh, man. Uh, shit loads of games for everything except the Sega Genesis. Um, but they had like Star Fox for Super Nintendo. They had Aladdin. They had. You should have picked up a bunch of those. Yeah, I should have. Why yeah. did you? So why did you go for the Sega Genesis? Because I've never had like I've got a Super Nintendo at the time. It was at my parents house. And since then, I've brought it here to my house. Yeah. Um, so I didn't I wasn't interested in Super Nintendo, but it was surprisingly well preserved. It wasn't yellow like it was still all gray. Like it didn't do that yellowing thing that happens to it. So oh. it was like hidden under a blanket for the last 20 years. But uh they had a bunch of also like PSP games. They had PSP, PSP games, GameCube games, PlayStation games, PS2 games. Dude, you should have like um, called me so I would be like, dude, tell me what they have. I can, and I'll pay you back. <laughs> yeah, I know. Definitely. I, I know. can't believe you didn't tell us. I didn't realize what kind of a gold mine I'd stumbled onto. Like I was just looking for stuff I was interested in. And at the time I was like, nothing really here I need. I've already got a Super Nintendo. I don't really want a Genesis. Yeah. And then um, I leave with I the had, Genesis. <laughs> well, I had ten dollars on me, and I wanted to buy uh, uh, Luigi's Mansion for GameCube. There, I was like, I've never had this. I've always wanted to play it. I'll just get it. And she's like, two bucks, and I was like, all I have is ten. And she's like, well, then I don't have any change. Just take one of the consoles. So I took wow. Sega Genesis. It had Sonic and Knuckles in it. So the only games in the that came with Genesis were the ones that were already in there. She didn't have anything else. Oh, okay. And uh, two controllers. Came home, plugged it in. It worked. Um, there's uh, in my town. There's uh, like a local game store, like used game store. This yeah, guy runs it himself. Yeah, you've told us about it before. Right, right. So I went in there and I bought a, a Sega Genesis game. Which one was it? Uh, it had to be Streets of Rage Two. Shining in the Darkness. I wanted an RPG. Shining, Shining in the Darkness. Interesting. Yeah. Tell me about that. I've only played a little bit of it. It's very old. Is that the first <laughs> person one? Yeah, okay. it's the very first game in the Shining series. So it's 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 age. It's very much shows its age. Gotcha. But um, I'm not used to the three buttons thing. Yeah, and like Super Nintendo had six, and it's just hard to to figure out what you're supposed to do. But anyway, it's awesome. I love having a Sega Genesis. I played Sonic and Knuckles, which is fantastic. I'm not even a huge Sonic fan. Well, the three buttons um, thing's easy for Sonic because you only need one. It's fine for <laughs> Sonic. Yeah, no big deal. But uh, oh, and so when I went to that game store to buy the extra game, I told him about it. I was like, 
I just got a Sega Genesis from this lady up the street who's um, selling a shit ton of systems. And he threw you out of the way and ran out past you <laughs> and Basically. bought everything off her for like another 10 bucks. He didn't <laughs> seem that interested. He was like, oh, okay, cool. And then the next week when I went in again, because I, I, usually in the weekends we just kind of walk around town and we'll like oh. stop by the bookstores and I'll stop in this game gallery. Uh, so I, I've got kind of a... a uh, rapport with this guy and then he's like yo thanks for the tip i went up and cleaned her out i was like oh my god <laughs> yeah 50 bucks and he bought everything this, oh, Elliot. this is sounding I feel less like you snoozed on this this is sounding less and less like a triumphant story and more of a I feel like man <laughs> i just saw like this boat i just missed my train yeah i feel like you should have told your priest this it's, it's <laughs> look it's a it's a small town with a local video game used video game store that's not a GameStop. i feel like i'm supporting the local community i gave him a, gave him a hot tip uh, and and it hurt because the one thing I regretted not picking up more than anything was Star Fox. I'd never had a Star Fox cartridge. And even though I've got it on the SNES Classic, I was just, it would have been cool to have. I went to a store and I saw Star Fox sitting there for $30. And I was like, man, I could have yeah, got, it for, got it for like two bucks. bucks. <laughs> Damn. But uh, I got it on the SNES Classic anyway. So whatever. Pfft, didn't even need the cartridge. He's the sucker. <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> No, it's it was it was a crazy story, and the guy's really cool, and uh, I'm 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 glad it went somewhere that it's gonna be like like he like takes the consoles apart and cleans them out and and um does does good stuff there, and they're actually expanding now, so they're doing pretty well. I like to think that my little tip helped a lot. So well, now you've got the real question: Is uh, did you leave a uh, uh, QR code? For rather be playing with, <laughs> this before. The, with the old lady because I feel like the truth is she's a games addict and she's been playing all her life and uh, <laughs> she was dying you know she's she's trying to wean herself off because she was spending too much she obviously bought the Nintendo Switch and she bought the Super NES Classic and that's, that's why, why she's getting rid of all these old ones she's got no room for them left and you know she probably would have listened to a podcast if you'd given yeah. her a chance you know <laughs> Her, her her grandkids, you know, it's yeah. obviously a, it's that was sense. obviously a line. How many times have you hear that? Like, yeah. so now you, you got all these retro systems. You have time to play anything else now? Play <laughs> a whole lot of an old game called Destiny, and actually, no, uh, Mario Odyssey is I think the one on the docket this time. Um, we've all played it. We all beat it. We all yeah. uh, fucking had a great time with it. Steve, when did you beat it? Someone else talked. I beat it about 10 minutes ago. (laughs) (laughs) And it was fantastic, I have to say. I enjoyed the finale, and we've already already said that we're not going to, like, give away too many uh, spoilers, especially late game or post game. But uh, It's just too cool. You guys have to play it for yourselves. It's unbelievable. You really do. It feels like Zelda in that way. It's it's very much the experience Mm -hmm. that the whole thing is about. You are working with the same mechanics throughout a, a few different things because, okay, so the main one is you have this hat called Cappy, who is kind of your friend, but he allows you to possess other animals and characters in the game. Wait, wait, wait. Um, wait. So actually, he allows you to capture. And can we talk about that awesome double entendre? <laughs> <laughs> can we talk about the great wordplay there? Oh, I dear, never considered that. That's amazing. <laughs> 
I had not worked that out either. <laughs> Nintendo Treehouse at its finest. Yeah, I had that's Cappy Capture. Do you think that's really it? I thought Cappy was just. It's definitely it. It's Capture. Yeah. It's definitely it. I can't believe I didn't notice that. Although I see it would have been called Hattie. <laughs> Tell us about the first time that you capture something, Josh, because <laughs> that was an experience. <laughs> So early, very early on in the game, I mean, it's it's one of the main mechanics uh, that throughout the entire game. So it introduces it pretty early. Um, you have to throw a, your cap onto a frog. And <laughs> I, I tell you, I was not expecting to, to watch Mario like fly into a cerebral hellscape. It's so good. <laughs> to every, and so every time I'm capturing things throughout the game, I'm just imagining being yeah. like. Mario being, officially tripping balls <laughs> because that is what it was like. Being Mario. <laughs> the blood curdling scream the entire time, too. He's just Whoa! like, ah! my God, poor guy. I'm sorry. Take it off. Take the head off the stupid frog. It's not worth it. Josh was being Mario, uh, being Mario, Mario, like being John Malkovich. Very good. You're doing there. very good. I, I see what you're doing there. I got you. <laughs> It is. It's a very interesting mechanic, though, because all of the enemies that you come across are are so varied and so different. Some of them jump, some of them swim, some of them uh, fly, and you can capture pretty much any enemy in the game that doesn't wear a cap. I think. Well, I mean, or the does you can knock the hats. You off. You have to knock the hats off, but there are some enemies that you some just them. can't yeah. capture. Um, it's like they took the the one of the big mechanics from Kirby and mixed it into Mario. Oh, wow. Yeah, that's an astute observation. I have I don't really play Kirby, but that sounds yeah. with Kirby. You like, you know, you inhale enemies and you press you down and then them. all of a sudden yeah. you get like a sword you you into, uh, inhaled sword guy. Yeah, yeah I, I went with the word inhale, but yeah, suck you, suck, <laughs> you suck the enemies and then you you can do what they can do. <laughs> Jesus Christ. What a concept. But yeah, um, but yeah, I. It's it's a neat mechanic, and I I I really enjoyed the game. Like I think I can't remember if I mentioned it last episode, but the last Mario game I've actually really played was uh, the original Galaxy, and that was only I played like maybe I don't know two thirds of it. And I think I just got distracted by something shiny. It wasn't that I didn't enjoy it or anything. Um, and then before that, it was like the Mario, the new Super Mario Brothers, whatever the one that was on DS. Oh yeah, and then Mario World before that. I mean, I, I've played like Mario sixty four, but I never owned it or anything, so I've like touched it here and there. But that's about it but uh was this one very like galaxy josh um i mean it's similar i mean it's slightly uh, slightly different controls and there's less of the whole there's not any of that uh weird gravity defying mechanic stuff that's Mm -hmm. in galaxy where you're you know walking on planets upside down and things like that um but uh i mean it's the same general progression you know you're running around in in a 3d relatively open world um well now galaxy was a little bit more linear but um you do you think so i feel like galaxy had more like they had like the comet levels they had i feel like the post game was a lot more well no but i mean but they were all segmented levels is what i'm saying yeah 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 i see like the main how did you move between levels in galaxy it was like in the old mario like mario 64 and things like that once you get a star was it stars no it was Galaxies? Uh, yeah no i don't remember oh no oh 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 yeah Whatever. I think it was. I think it was some sort stars. of star. You get stars, uh, every time stars. you get a star, you'd have to go back into the level and get another star, and, and and keep repeating that process. And that's basically how a lot of the Mario games have worked ever since Mario sixty four. Yeah. So Mario sixty four had an overworld. Did Galaxy have an overworld in a similar way? 
it has a hub. It's like Mario. Mario 64 had a hub world. It wasn't really yeah. an overworld. It's a hub. Sorry, that, uh, that's what but, I meant. <laughs> well, I'm just, uh, it's just, I mean, it's a slight difference. They're, they're kind of the same thing. But um, yeah, Mario Galaxy had like a hub where you had your own little home planet thing where you'd get shot off to all the other various other places. Whereas like in uh, Odyssey, you've got the Odyssey, which it's not really a hub world so much as just your method of traveling between the different places. Yeah, it's very segmented moving from kingdom to kingdom, but the kingdoms themselves are as open world, it seems, as uh, Mario 64 was. Like, would one of the kingdoms in this be as big as the entire game in Mario 64, or was Mario 64 mm. a pretty big game itself? Uh, I think the individual worlds in Mario, in Mario uh, Odyssey are definitely bigger than any individual one in Mario 64. Um some of the ones in Mario Odyssey are a lot smaller. Like thinking back, some of them are massive, like the the, the sand one, for instance. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean Mario sixty four. Looking back, a lot the levels were actually pretty self contained and not that big. But I mean, again, you're also looking at a game with much lower polygon count. You know, much lo- older hardware. I mean, so it's even th- they are still a decent size, but they're not detailed. They don't have a lot of the neat little things that Odyssey has that you can. You not Easter. Oh, well, yeah. Kind of like Easter egg things you'll see in the background stuff like that. So, yeah. And of course, a big difference between 64 and uh, Odyssey was that I think in 64, if you collected certain items, it would bump you out back to the. Yeah. You, once you got a star, you'd, ha- you'd get kicked yeah. out and you'd come back in, do it again. Whereas in Odyssey, you could just keep running around collecting moons as much as possible until you want to drop them off back at your at the Odyssey. Mm-hmm. And I really like that. It does make you just want to keep exploring and keep moving further in the direction you were going yeah. or over yeah. over to the other side where you spotted that thing. You know? Well, yeah, but think about it this way, too. Mario 64 and Sunshine and actually I don't remember how many there were in Galaxy, but in 64 and Sunshine, there were 120 stars total. In yeah. Odyssey, there's like, what, 900 moons, something ridiculous like yeah. that. Yeah. So imagine getting kicked out every single time. Yeah, <laughs> I, I would throw my switch on at the wall. I totally agree. I'm saying it's great design. <laughs> but what I will say is I'm, I'm still really impressed with how good this game looks, how quick it runs, how, you know, how big the levels are and how much there is to do in it. I, I'm, I've been pretty impressed with the Switch in general. And if the video that Elliot was sending us earlier of Doom is anything to go by, it really feels like Switch could be the real deal. It, it could be a, a proper console, whereas I wasn't sure that would be the case. I mean, I it's, think it is. I, don't, I mean, it's it's... There's but it's it's really portable, this. so so I kind of thought it might end up yeah. somewhere like the Vita, you know, kind of like wallowing, you know, treading water, and then everyone stops making games for it. Well, there's a difference between the two. The Switch has has first party support, <laughs> the greatest, the greatest first party support, like uh, Super Mario no. Odyssey and Zelda are some of the greatest games. The Wii I've U has outstanding first party support. Like first party support was the only thing that kept the Wii U going. The only yeah thing that was made it worth buying um but we're already seeing time. influx of indies and stuff on oh yeah like stuff, it's so. it's night and day difference the, not to yeah I, I was just just wanted to correct that that like oh, so, yeah. like this new nintendo that's suddenly really good at games started like halfway through the wii u cycle i think and they've carried it into switch and like just ramped it up it's um it's a so, really nice so, nintendo so mm. am i the only one who's like blown away by mario's fidelity like oh you god i think it's, it's looks just average or? so good no no, no the it's, games but the game in general i think looks gorgeous and sounds gorgeous 
900p. They, that's the highest resolution Mario's ever been, I think. And and 60 FPS is always. It just looks so good in motion. Yeah. Um, it's hard to believe that you're playing it on ostensibly a tablet. Like, right. yeah. you know, you think that you, you look at the thing out there, you or you pull it. Like, I always I played almost the whole thing on my TV. So like, yeah. It's you kind of had you kind of had to unless you want to be frustrated though. That's the sad thing. Because yeah. it's so hard to control with no. the shake, the motion controls and stuff. Well, you can't really use the waggle if you're you're playing it in tablet mode. So, I mean, you yeah. can prop up the tablet somewhere else and use it that way, but that's not really usually how I'll play it. So. Yeah, I played the vast majority of it on the TV as well. Today, actually finishing it up was the first time I ever played it in handheld mode. Mm-hmm. And it was just, I was feeling lazy and wanted to sit in the couch and just like not be sitting upright and staring at a tv you know because you can with the switch it's such a nice like like i was telling you guys i want to buy it makes me want to buy every game twice like once on pc (laughs) and then once on switch you gotta stop that i would if if they did cross save across all switch versions and pc versions of games uh that'd be it for me like but they'll never ever ever do that i know i know that's just my pipe dream that's my oh Uh, man yeah, but so, playing it in handheld mode was the first time that I was just thinking, how is this running on yeah. this little machine? This looks as as good as any other game I've played this year. Like, obviously, it's smooth and it's cartoony and it's not as graphically intensive as a lot of the other games that I've played, but it looks as good. It's just, because it's, it's, it's very clean. And design. It's clean. It's beautiful. Yeah. The art, the art design is, uh, and the it's Nintendo. Yeah. What was your favorite part of it? I loved it all, but uh, I could break it down. What did you enjoy, Josh? Oh, geez. Um, I mean, I, I enjoyed pretty much the whole thing. I mean, like the one thing that I thought was just kind of neat that I honestly didn't know about before picking it up was the whole uh, the 2D levels. I had no idea those were in there. Yeah. I just oh, I didn't cool. see the trailers. Uh, I, I Other than like the big old uh, the stuff that was shown during the... Uh, like e3 i guess it was or something or maybe like a treehouse i i saw like mostly hit the 3d stuff i don't i don't if they, if they showed anything i don't remember it so like, i avoided I was like, it all 3d 2d oh, avoided everything it was the nintendo direct where they showed like the 2d levels and they showed mario uh throwing his cap on a t-rex and it was like fuck yes um <laughs> yeah i don't remember that at all but i was just like oh there's 2d in this game this is kind of cool and it's old mario <laughs> yeah, the the inventiveness, the little Easter eggs, the things that you didn't think were going to work when you tried them and then they worked and you're yeah. just like, boom, this is awesome. This yeah. like they thought of everything and um and you could tell that while they're making it they're like people are going to fucking love this. Yeah. <laughs> How could this is the thing like sometimes when you see games and you wonder during development did they enjoy playing this? Did they tell themselves this would be a fun game to play? This you have to believe at yeah. all times they were loving it. 100%. How could you? Elliot as you say the 2D levels basically you could go into a, a pipe and it would uh, flatten you onto a 2D surface, and you would play 8-bit Mario, jump it on, uh, what do you call them, Goombas and Koopas and all the rest of it. It was amazing. It was like little like bonus Super Mario Bros. 1 levels uh, built into the game in the middle of the 3D, like... And some of and some of the levels like interacted with the 3D 3D as well. There was one like little, I don't know what you want to call them, the sub-stages, I don't but like you go, you know, you get on a pipe and it's just its own little self-contained level. There was one that drove mm-hmm. me absolutely batshit crazy for about 30 minutes. Um, 
where like there's this moving backdrop behind you that you have to stay within or else the game suddenly says, oh, you're in the 3D world and you fall to your death. Um, oh, shit. I don't think I played that one. I don't yeah. think I played that one either. So so watch your steps. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, yeah, that one was frustrating. I, I finally finished it, though. <laughs> Dang. Yeah, I'm looking forward to that. And this is the thing about this game. The satisfaction of every moon that you found was the joy of it for me. It, yeah. it was like Zelda in that way. It was... You know, walking in a certain direction and seeing something and being like, oh, I got to figure out how to get there. Yeah. And then getting there was the joy. That's why you, you kept going. Chase you know? that high. Seriously. <laughs> so a lot of complaints, if anyone com- uh, had anything bad to say about it, it was that I saw it was that it was too easy. There was yeah. a lot of uh, uh, repetitive boss fights um which is pretty much the same like three or four ideas like made slightly more complicated and recycled over and over again um and i definitely get that um the game was an absolute joy to play and it's kind of fly through it like it's a little simple um did you find any of the boss fights hard the only one that i found hard was the final one no, I uh, I didn't at all because it was the same fight as another one you did earlier. Did, did you have uh, <laughs> three hearts or did you have six? Uh, I think I I don't know I can't remember. Might have been three. I think I had three. I had three and I died a couple of times. It was the only one that I had to repeat more than once. Yeah, but I mean, um, any most of them you could get on first try. I think most yeah. of the, most of any sort of like uh, like again like Elliot said. I mean, the game was really easy. I mean, there you only yeah like deaths I really had were from, Oh, I, I missed time to jump onto like a rotating right. platform or something, you know, right. or there, there were some times like, uh, like when you capture like a bullet bill or when you're on oh. certain platforms, like the, the controller doesn't recognize that you still want to move left <laughs> relative to the way you're moving. And I'm suddenly that, going right into a wall and I'm like, no, figure out where I want to go. Damn it. You had serious controls. problems with that. Yeah. But the, the point of that is that it it's really sensitive turning you around immediately so that if the bullet bill was coming towards you and going into a wall so that you can get it turned around. No, no, no. It's it's like after that, the control swap, like like what you're trying to say. So like, you know, in in Mario's movement is not relative movement. You press forward, he moves that away from the camera. You move, press down, Mm -hmm. he moves towards you. Whereas the bullet 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 bill's relative movement. Yeah. But the thing is, is that it doesn't swap immediately. So like, I mean, I I know how to switch from those two. I've played like Resident Evil and all those other games that use like the tank controls and all that. But like, I'll start trying to turn left the moment I'm I'm like capturing the bullet bill. And he and he goes like the same way Mario was just going or something. It's it it does not trigger immediately. And it drives me crazy every now and again. I had trouble the first (laughs) few times. Yeah, I I remember that. Um, That's funny. I guess I, I guess I do remember that now, but I just found it pretty easy at the time. I mean, it's just a minor niggle. I mean, I, I got past it, obviously, but it's just like frustrating for those few seconds where I'm like, okay, I just have to like wait two seconds after I do it and make sure the bullet bill doesn't hit a wall and then I can control it or something. <laughs> yeah. So what do you think about the difficulty side of things? Do you think that it should have been harder to make it to the end of the story? Or do you think that the joy is really going back in there and finding all the moons and that you know, really the difficulty of it wasn't the point. The point is that you're going to be playing this game for months regardless. Yeah. I mean, I, I think that's, I mean, you could say the same thing about Zelda. That was a really easy yeah. game as well. And it's about the the fun, the journey, the like going yeah. back and, and completing it 100%. There's much, much more to do. And I'm not put off really that much at all by 
the diff by the how easy it was. Um, and I'm kind of waiting to withhold judgment until I see how much post game there really is. Because I remember after you beat Galaxy and after you beat uh, like Galaxy Two, Sunshine, all, all like previous Mario games, even like Mario 3D World, like you get to the credits and there's an entire game the same length of the first game after the credits of 3D World and ten times harder. It was. Uh, it's not a, just the same game. No, no. It's it was a really like robust post game it was an entire second half of the game plus like another challenge world beyond that and and the difficulty ramped way up and if you're going to like collect every little thing that you can collect in each level it was even harder and harder and harder and it was a very fulfilling fun like kind of chase the the 100 completion uh way to play the game and i i don't really know exactly what the format's going to be for for odyssey it seemed like it ended and it's like now you can go back and get these more moons in, yeah. in each world. Yeah. And it's like if that's all it is uh, and it, it's not well, you know, like I have to reserve judgment. I have to see how hard like I've yeah. gone back and gotten another like, I don't know. I mean, some of some of the new so. little uh, pipes that you get to go down to the, with the, the moon. New little stages. Those are those those are, there's a bit more challenge to those. I mean, I, I, don't, I still not like again, Mario doesn't need to be Dark Souls. I'm not saying every Agreed. game needs to be Agreed. insane. Um but I mean, just the the main game, like, I mean, yes, you can collect a bunch of the extra moons along the way, but the main general critical path throughout the game just was there wasn't much challenge at all. So yeah, that's that's the only thing I again, I really enjoyed the game and not again, not everything needs to be hard. I just I think there could have been a little more in there. Yeah, I agree. And it's funny you mentioned Dark Souls because. Every one of those boss battles that I just beat first time, yeah. I was thinking anyone who's ever played Dark Souls is just going to fly through this game. <laughs> it was pretty yeah. easy, but it was uh, so much fun. Yeah, the the like as Josh said, the platform like certain platforming parts was the hardest part. Like uh, the bosses were, I you know, didn't even really need to be there. Yeah, it was it was yeah like. And since I beat it, I went back just for fun and because I haven't finished yet the like ultimate challenge level, like the last level of 3D World, because I'm it's just way too fucking hard and way too long. So I went back after finishing Mario? Odyssey to okay. just to 3D World just to see just to try that last level again. And it, it it's it's a, it's such a different game. Like it's I, I don't want to say like breath of fresh air because like the difficulty fucking kicks you in the ass but it was it's a different game and you can tell like uh it, it made me really hope that they've got something like that in store for more of the post game and i intend to kill the post game so <laughs> yeah maybe in a couple episodes from now once we're all we'll catch up catch it, up fools well, uh, well this yeah. is the good thing josh yeah i feel like you are gonna be the one dragging us along how, how many did you say you've got uh, God, I, I think it's like around 350, something like oh, that. Oh, jeez. Oh, man, you got to catch up on Eric. <laughs> yeah, oh, Eric, 400. And he wasn't we, even done with the game at the time. If I wasn't traveling for work so much, I would. <laughs> we we got to create an online leaderboard. I mean, it's just going to be between Josh and Eric, but still. <laughs> isn't there isn't there a leaderboard in the game? There's there there's leaderboards for like the little mini games like Jump Roping and New, new Dunk Town. Uh, yeah. City, new but Dunk City. There's got to be one for moons, too. I mean, there don't, don't think so. Be. There's not even an easy way to see them, is there? Yeah, you have to go to the event and look at the leaderboard there. 
Oh no, I, I was talking about the number of moons. Where where do you go to to be able to see? Oh, you just look on top of the Odyssey. Okay, yeah. Balloon. But you have. What I yeah, I think my problem was always that I was only trading them in once I knew that I had enough to go to the next place. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah. But if I was like trading them in all the time, then you can look at the Odyssey and see your total straight up to the second that you traded in the last ones. Right. I think you can check something in the pause menu somewhere as well. I so. thought so, but I was searching for it and I couldn't find it. Mm. Anyway, regardless, yeah. a great game. The, the thing that I loved about both Mario and Zelda as well was you basically get given all of your tools to work with right at the start of the game. Yeah. And it's all about you getting better at the game as you go. And the satisfaction when uh, like moons that you would have thought were hard or difficult to get or out of reach at the start of the game, when you spot one, you're like, oh, I know how I'm going to get that. That's going to yeah. be easy. It's that satisfaction. You're so good at the game at that point. It's just about exploring the world and, and finding them all, you know? Yeah, you never think, oh, maybe I'll get something later that'll help me get that. Because you've got everything. It's just your brain. You have to, you have to be smart enough uh, yep. and resilient enough to keep at it till you get it. Chase that high. There are a, <laughs> there are a couple that like you have to warp in from a different place where I like because I know like in the very beginning, like the first world, there's like one way up on this floating island that you just can't get to. And yep. like you get there by coming back later, sort of. Shit, there's a real frustrating one without giving away too many details. But in the first, the Cap Kingdom, like once you finish it, once I so I finished it and I started going through the kingdoms to like get hundred percent, get all the coins and get all the moons. And there is one that stumped me until it, it drove me to look it up online. And it turns out it's well, not don't tell in, us how to do it. <laughs> I won't tell you how to do it. But the thing that pissed me off was that it's not in the Cap Kingdom. Ooh, you, have to, you have to go somewhere. So oh, like, how are you similar to, to fucking know? Yeah, so New Donk City, I I got there before getting there, right? By uh, the painting. Yeah, so I'm I'm guessing it's going to be similar. Ah. To yeah, yeah, yeah. I've noticed there's I think one of those one of those at least for each world or something like that. One of those paintings. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because I want when I went back to one of the earlier kingdoms, I jumped into painting and went to Bowser's castle. Oh, shit. Yep. maybe I shouldn't talk about Bowser's castle. <laughs> oh my god, oh, Bowser! Out. Bowser's in Bowser this. Bowser has a castle. You you fight Bowser <laughs> in this. <laughs> uh, and and then I was like, was this always here, or did this just open up because I finished the game? But I guess it's always been there. Do you imagine going through that and being like, oh shit, I can't beat the game? Uh, like, I mean, I got the early two, and I was sitting there going. But I, but then I had also done the one Steve was talking about earlier, and I was like, okay, this is just one of those things. So yeah, I, I knew yeah. I was. So that's kind of cool. It's a cool touch. Yeah. And that the painting obviously called back to Mario 64. Yep. Very appreciative. That was yeah. awesome. Again, getting sucked into a cerebral hellscape as he gets transported to the other place. <laughs> Mar Mario, uh, Mario and uh, Jean-Paul Sartre could make a game. Kendall's twisted. <laughs> it might happen. Here, they let Ubisoft make a game, so <laughs> you never know. <laughs> Hey, that game was awesome. Okay, I I'm know, still I know. one I challenge left. I have one challenge left, and I haven't. I've been debating the DLC, but I've got one ultimate challenge left, and it sucks. As soon as you finish it, mail me that game. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I tried to get it for Christmas for my brother or something. He'll do it. He'll do it for me.
Um, talk like when you mentioned Doom, I when I was looking at the Resetera thread on the that's where I picked the video out of, and people were kind of talking about the hardware differences between Xbox, PS4, and PC, obviously, and Switch. And someone mentioned that the Switch has an 18 watt power draw compared to the PS4's like 100 watts, and the 360s or the Xbox One's um like 150 watts. And it's just like how with the amount of power this thing actually pulls, it's battery powered. How does it power yeah. this? Like, like is it just wizardry? Is it some kind of trick of the of of the of development? Like, um, and you and know, it, you and it makes it all the more interesting that uh, Xbox and Microsoft are going the direction where they're just going power, power, power. Like yeah. with the Xbox One X, they're trying to blow PS4 and PS4 Pro out of the water and thinking that graphical fidelity is what's going to draw the gamers back to them because they feel that maybe they lost a lot of people due to the PS4 being more powerful than the original Xbox One. But like, surely the thing that Zelda is telling us, the thing that Mario is telling us that games can be beautiful without being graphically intensive. Yeah. But there's a market for both. That's the thing is. So when you look back at like, when you look back at like things like, uh, uh, say PlayStation versus N64 way back in the day. Yep. People who buy Mario and Zelda are always going to buy Mario and Zelda. I mean, yeah, okay, maybe you'll lose one or two or gain one and two here and there, but that's mm-hmm. that's like a known quantity for the most part. And they're they you know what you're getting with a Mario and a Zelda game. It's going to be relatively you know clean looking. You know it'll be it'll be you know, not cartoony, but you know not very not like a realistic looking game, if you will. Yeah. Um. But, you know, it'll be fun. It'll be just have that Nintendo charm and that and that sort of thing. Whereas there are millions of other IPs out there, you know, that that go all run the gamut of, you know, post-apocalyptic, uh, steampunk. You know, there's just a whole bunch of different things that kind of I mean, I'm sure there are ways to do things in a cartoony way. But when you're looking at something like I'll just pick, you know, Fallout 3. I mean, yeah, it's cartoony in some ways, but there's detail that you need to have like for that you know, realism, if you will. Mm-hmm. Again, Fallout 3 is a little older now. but um. Well, what I find myself asking is, Josh, with Fallout 4, Fallout mm-hmm. 4, I was disappointed because to me, it looked like an upraised Fallout 3. Mm-hmm. And well, at I mean, that point, I am thinking, would I have invested more in the characters if it was more of a cartoony setting? If it was more of a, like, a, a, an artistic design that didn't make me think, oh, you know the the uncanny valley is just too much here. The you know these people are clearly not people. Something could be said for you know Bethesda's artistic direction. I mean, just look back at Oblivion when you know the faces were just really creepy. <laughs> um, but I mean, there's I think you're comparing apples and oranges here. Again, there are some IPs and series out there where it's just cartoony. That's just the way it is. I mean, th- there have been Zelda games like Skyward Sword and and, and Twilight Princess where, yep. you know, everything's a lot more realistic looking or even Breath of the Wild. I mean, yeah, it's even. got like the cell shaded, you know, kind of look to it uh, parts there, but it's still not like a cartoon, if you will. It's more like a living painting type thing. Um, but all All games have art. There yeah. are like nothing is photorealistic, right? Even things that are are artistically enhanced, like movies, are artistically enhanced, and those are photorealistic. Oh, um, actually, you pick the right lighting. You pick the right, you know, nothing looks like real life actually looks right. Um, but like, so 
Yeah, sorry to interrupt you, but I just yeah. remembered something. So, Steve, you were the one that was telling me you were that I you were surprised I didn't like Heavy Rain, right? I think so. Yeah. It's so good, it's a good story. Heavy Rain. Would you have liked to have played Heavy Rain if it was like made with Mario like graphics? No, I, I wouldn't. I, I agree in that case, but that's very cinematic. That's very uh, al- almost cutscene based. Mm-hmm. But that's my, uh, but that's kind of my point. There's different. There's art. There's different kinds of art direction. It's not necessarily I, one. I totally is, agree. You might well, have a point, preference, but there's not really a. But the example that you picked in particular was Fallout. Yeah, I just and I, the top and of my I, head. <laughs> but I latched onto that because yeah. Fallout you're having these conversations and you're seeing it in it's it's rendered in game and you're watching these like kind of chunky blocky looking characters talk to each other and they stand pretty still and occasionally they do the same twitch with their face or touch touch their hand to their head in exactly the same way over and over and the uncanny valley effect is so big that it it just really it's it takes you out of the game completely so what i would say is like whereas fallout 3 was so cutting edge that that looked amazing and that drew you in fallout 4 kicked you back everyone was expecting more from it or at least personally i was hoping for more from it and if they had gone a different way and made it more cartoony i wonder maybe that would have allowed me to enjoy the story for itself instead of getting hung up on, oh, this is the same game repackaged, essentially, you know? I mean, I don't, I don't think anything could have really saved the story, so. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what to tell you there. But again, yeah. I mean, again, this, I think we're just arguing preferences at this point. I mean, for me, the Fallout world is, you know, it's, it's primarily dark, it's shitty, and, you know, you're running around shooting zombies and and, and ghouls and robots. So I, I, I need something less, you know, less Mario, more... Uh, Blade Runner, if you will. <laughs> Perhaps. But what I would say is like uh, between EA saying that they have to go for graphical fidelity and that's what people want and Xbox going for a similar thing. I, I wonder, well, like the games that I find myself loving are like indie games or they are Zelda and Mario. More and more, I'm not being drawn towards the Uncharted 4s. I'm being drawn towards the things that have character as opposed to the things that have amazing graphical fidelity. But nothing's stopping people from making those games for, say, like the the Xbox One X. I the, agree, the, the, except the for EA shutting them down. Except for the giant publishers saying, okay, this is what we need. We need to churn out uh, the best graphics in FIFA and the best graphics in Battlefront every year and everyone else gets laid off, no more single player. Like... This is what I'm okay, saying. Okay, but you're talking about you're talking about EA and their subsidiaries, though. I'm talking about I was talking about like EA you know, say, Bethes- say start Bethesda. say put Stardew Valley up on the Xbox One X. There's nothing stopping that from happening. It, the the 4K, the tech specs for the Xbox One X. That's just a that's just a ceiling. It's not a it's not a floor. Sure. Indie, let the indie games keep on rolling. But all I'm saying is, I wish that AAA wasn't always aiming to have graphics like a mm. Naughty Dog game. You're never going to make graphics and, and cutscenes like an Uncharted game or like The Last of Us. Only Naughty Dog are going to do that. So I wish more uh, companies, more big developers would go for something more akin to Mario, Zelda, less realistic and more more character, more color. And people respond to that. Like like the ukulele game, people went, exactly. like were yeah. really anticipating it. It didn't turn out as good as they'd hoped, but like... It's nice to have that 
that Nintendo, you know, I don't know. And maybe it's because people think they're getting a Nintendo game on a non-Nintendo console. Um, and it is a quality that Nintendo seems to, I don't know, maybe it's not fair to say, like, that they can get away with it better than most others. People kind well, of Well, Overwatch it. as well. So, okay, that's a great example. Yeah, Overwatch very much has that look, that aesthetic, bright colors. Um, and people love it all the more for it. Yeah, yeah. But again, that's it's so I, true. I think we're I think we're arguing, but uh, I mean, I, I I kind of agree with the point that that you don't have to have like these massive technical masterpieces as far as graphics are concerned. But I mean, if we're boiling it down to, we're just talking about putting lipstick on a pig. If a game's bad, it's going to be bad. <laughs> no sure. Matter what, what I'm like. what I'm saying is, what if EA was to carve up their Battlefront team right now and say we're not going for the best graphics in our multiplayer game? We're going to go for decent graphics or maybe even cartoony star wars graphics in the multiplayer game and we'll also go for uh cartoony graphics in the star wars single player you know very story heavy game that all of us really want that all of us are really crying out for i mean i think it's still just a design decision it's not necessarily a matter of it is adding but graphical is fidelity needs a big team yeah Whereas- there's still fidelity it's just a different it's not you're not looking at like tiny little details so much as just how clean stuff looks. Mm-hmm. It's art versus technology. Yeah. And, and the, I think there's also a sense that if you're EA, you're kind of expected. Like, I feel like they, if they can't do it, like it's not their market, their market. And I, and they're obviously they want their market to be as many people as possible. But if EA put out a star Wars game that didn't look like the best thing ever made, I don't know how well people respond to it. People think, oh, this is like Disney Infinity or something, and it's for kids, and it, it would change their market. Well, here's another question, Elliot. What if EA was to release an arcade soccer game, one that didn't have the graphical fidelity of FIFA, but did have real player names? And funny and real, funny it, you say that. They did that with hockey a few years ago. Yeah. and. It was a th- like a three on three, uh, like cartoon hockey game, uh, which was a lot of fun. It was really well received. Like people liked it. And that was the only one they did. And then they like pulled the plug. And that's exactly it. Like people are in many ways, like there was definitely a whole community willing to invest in Overwatch because it was cartoony and fun. And people see that as more accepting than, you know, high graphics, high graphical in, in intensity and like just shooting, just uh, military dudes, our army men. And- Can you say that's why, though? Can you say that it's not because it was Blizzard doing a, a first person or, a, you know, a multiplayer shooter? Like that had a lot to do with it. The, the name behind it had a lot to do with it. The It was in beta for like a year or two or something like that. And people had gotten a taste of it and the word of mouth was getting around that it was going to be fun regardless of how it looked. Yeah. Okay. So, so fair enough. Maybe I'm just projecting completely, but as far as I can tell, like it, it seems to me, maybe only because it applies to me, mm-hmm. that there's a different love for Zelda and Mario and Overwatch than there is for the Battlefield games that come out every year that are so amazing looking, or yeah. you know, the Battlefront games that come out every year. Now I know I'm picking different genres, and no, I mean, I, I think. Overwatch is a great example that you don't need the cutting edge. You can focus on gameplay and then just have a good artist make nice looking assets and you don't need it to like I I it, 
everything maxed out to the absolute max 60 frames per second no hiccups at all i don't even yeah, have to exactly. overclock it Overwatch like it runs like a dream and it runs for anyone everywhere for like you know you can on any not on a calculator but you could run on any machine and <laughs> it's very accessible like that's the thing like they it's accessible but it's still good like it's i i think like what i learned from that is that looks definitely aren't everything the technology definitely isn't everything you it's game design game design is what people respond to game design is what makes a game and gamers know that they can sense that they can figure it out that's why when you have like too human you know like that was this technical marvel that was in development for 12 years or something like that and it came out and it played like crap when it plays like crap it plays like crap and it sells like crap like we know that you know we're we're past being fooled by like awesome trailers we've been Mm. burned enough times yeah i mean gameplay Um, definitely needs to be like forefront i mean if the game doesn't play well i mean I, i there are games out there where you can look past like shoddy graphics for the most part as long as the game plays well like there's a game on steam called steven's sausage roll it's the dumbest idea ever you basically have to like push these sausages around and and cook them on both sides and it's a pu- <laughs> and it's a puzzle game it looks it looks like dirt but it's if like, only it had co-op multiplayer we could all play this <laughs> it's frustratingly fun though <laughs> so but yeah. yeah um what was another one arkham Batman Arkham Knight, garbage yep. game, amazing looking. Yep. It was so beautiful. And I'm and sure the team so was hundreds of people. Yeah. Uh, like, I, my point can be summed up like this. EA recently shut down Visceral Games. And that, that was because they were making a single player game, which doesn't go along with what yeah. EA wants right now. Which no is, loot boxes. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> no, multiplayer games with amazing graphics and loot boxes. Or in FIFA's... Uh, in FIFA's case, amazing graphics and cards, you know, mm-hmm. uh, which are the same as loot boxes, by the yeah. way, in case you didn't know that. Um, and the question is, like, how much could people love a game if that team of like 200 people or 300 people or whatever works on one of those two games to churn one out annually was split up and they didn't have to worry about graphical fidelity. They could actually create a piece of art possibly even something with a single player narrative god forbid <laughs> i bet every developer working under the thumb of a massive publisher has that dream to yeah. one day be able to do that you know i, I guess that's why we rely all. on indies yeah that's and then, how and then there's one jaded guy that's always like all right 2k19 i can do this <laughs> oh paycheck yeah that's how uh yacht club got to be not, i mean not that way forward was some big graphical powerhouse but you know when you're living under when you're being forced to create art that isn't yours that isn't something you want to make like you're gonna you know you know how you want it done and even like project leads like the heads of the studios know better if, and it comes up from non-creative people telling them like the money people telling them to do it this way and that way and i'm sure it breaks our hearts even more than ours to have to do that yeah. So I guess we just hopefully Visceral will start something different and you never know. Maybe they can create a, a game similar to the original Dead Space, a survival horror that can grip people and yeah. give people a single player story to get invested in and hopefully wish wish them all the best anyway. 
Rise from the ashes, Visceral. Come on. <laughs> so what else have we been playing, guys? Oh, man. Just Mario and Destiny for me. Um, Destiny. Yeah. Strange, strange man, Elliot. It's so you strange good. beast. It's so, so good. I haven't even really played that much. Um, but it's, it's so much fun. And uh, Josh, get it on PC, you bastard. No. Both of you. We could have a team. It would be so good. Yeah, wouldn't that be great? <laughs> it would. <laughs> Josh, how much have you played? Of it? I mean, I haven't played in a, in a few weeks just because I've been insanely busy. Um, but I mean, does I've, that mean you can't play it anymore because the people you play with are like a million miles ahead of you? No, not really. I mean, not, there's. I'm still basically at the end game content stuff, so it's not like a, yeah, I gotta get there. At this point, it's like they're incrementally better than I am. They're not like miles ahead or anything. So. Like is I'm, there I, a is there a resetera clan that you're in? Uh, so there was a gaff clan. I guess it might be it, it might be that now. Oh, they just <laughs> changed the name. <laughs> it might be. Yeah. Again, I haven't checked in since that whole debacle, so I have no idea. <sighs> <laughs> um, yeah. yeah, play with my cousin Carlos. Um, I don't actually play with him, but you can join. Like I'm on PC, and he and most of his friends are on PS4, but I can still join their clan, and I can like. I don't know what clan, like you add to their points or you yeah. get the, the clan rewards and stuff. Yep. Um, like when I jump on, it says that I'm in his clan and oh, I keep forgetting. Um, I, should, I should at least log in like once a week. I keep forgetting to do that. I made a rather be playing clan for PS4 uh, and I invited both of you guys into it. So yeah, you haven't logged in in a while. <laughs> Wait, so can you be part of multiple clans? <laughs> no. Per, per platform. Yeah. Only one clan per pat- platform. So I... <laughs> <laughs> on on PC, I'm on my cousin's PS4 platform, and then I created Rather Be Playing as a PS4 platform. I'm already in one on, on the PS4. I'm not a so. part of. Yeah, I so, was about to say the reason this is cracking me up is the idea of Josh being the only person in the Rather Be Playing clan <laughs> on PS4. I feel like Elliot, you've set this thing up, but you're doing none of the groundwork whatsoever. <laughs> I just I just wanted to make it so that we had like our our flag in the ground. <laughs> we're we're a, we're a Destiny Two community, guys. You're invited too, Steve. You've got a Bungie account from Destiny One, so you can easily hop on in. All right, Steve. You got to play Destiny with Elliot now. I don't think I'm going to play Destiny. I don't think Elliot's even playing Destiny. <laughs> I am. I crashed my video card trying to fucking <laughs> overclock it with Destiny. If that's not love, I don't know what is. But um. See for my, for me, uh, again, I've been just freaking all over the place lately as far as traveling for work and hell. Even after we record this episode, I'm out traveling for another like five days, so it's just just a mess. So yeah, uh, we barely got this one in. This yeah. is a magic episode. Yeah, so I, I mean, I've been playing some more Stardew Valley. I'm almost done with Golf Story on the Switch. Um, oh yeah, for both of it's those games, so good. Um, another one that uh, Eric was playing as well, I think. Yeah. Josh, you're a million miles further than us, aren't you? I'm. I'm just got to cheeky beak. Tell me something I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> um, are you Are you literally on the final course, or where have you? Got I, to- I think I'm about to go to the final course. I don't know if there's any like side quests or stuff in between there, but I, yeah, I think I'm heading to the final place. Such a fun game. It is like obviously I'm gonna keep going back to Super Mario Odyssey, but Golf Story is the game. When I don't want to have to concentrate too much, I can just sit and play a little bit of that. Uh, as well, M- Mario Odyssey, I was trying to stream a little bit of. So I've streamed like uh, about four and a half hours of it, I think. Mm. I've, 
I probably should have streamed my uh, beaten the final boss, but you know, sometimes you're just being lazy. <laughs> the, but the user content, the content, Stevo, <laughs> <laughs> gotta get that content. <laughs> gotta gotta post that good content. <laughs> so, other than other than Odyssey, though, what you guys gonna at least play here on out for at least the next few weeks? So, our next episode is like. Well, right after Halloween, not Halloween, Thanksgiving weekend. Yeah. Um, so a lot of us will be like home and traveling and probably playing a bit on our switches. And what comes out between now and then for Switch? Destiny. Rocket League, dude. <laughs> we can play it home. Ellie can buy it on there as well. I would fucking That's buy it on Switch. Are you kidding? Like I said. Everything that comes out on Switch, I am I'm so tempted to to double dip, but I won't. I won't do it. Like I'm not going to do it on Doom or Wolfenstein or or even Skyrim. I don't think. But it's. I uh, might do it on Skyrim. Okay, so the the Zelda the, the the extra like content like you can make your guy look Link and stuff. Yeah, is surprisingly tempting me. Oh, I don't care about that. I just like it's one of those games where like Morrowind and Oblivion and even Skyrim back when I or when I played on PC where you could just kind of get lost for a while. Yeah, you could play that forever. And you always think, man, I wish I didn't have to be on my PC to do this. Mm -hmm. Now you don't have to. And apparently I could get a portable Morrowind. I'd be in heaven. Give me Morrowind. (laughs) Bethesda, listen to me. (laughs) Put Morrowind on on Switch. I don't care if it looks the same. They'll give you Elder (laughs) Scrolls online and you'll get the Morrowind expansion and you'll fucking like it. No, not the same. (laughs) Yeah. Well, uh, so anyone uh, else getting it? Is it just me? No. <laughs> Rocket League. I guess it's just me. I've already doubled. We've, we've already doubled it. We've now. all double dipped and I'm going to triple dip. I did that with Stardew Valley. I'm not doing it again. Um, so what were you going to say, Steve? Were you playing? Uh, I was going to say that. Uh, Thanksgiving being the American holiday that it is, I'm actually not heading back to Ireland for it. So I'll be here and I'll have not a lot going on. So I was thinking maybe I might kick into uh, Destiny 2. Yes. <laughs> not Destiny <laughs> Finally. 2. Finally. Thank you, Steve. Possibly oh. uh, Final Fantasy 6. Oh. Might, okay. might be a good time for that, you know? There you uh, go. A Friday, a Thursday, and a Friday off, and you know, so, that whole weekend. So, Steve, just to let you know, I am going to be busy during Thanksgiving, so don't call me. <laughs> <laughs> I might need help, Josh. It's, it's an obscure JRPG. No, what if I don't know what obscure. direction I'm meant it's to go? It's not obscure. What's wrong? Okay, it's not. It's not obscure. <laughs> Does it signpost where you're meant to be going? Well, for the most that part, was the yeah. problem with mm. Chrono Trigger. Yeah, for the most part, for the first half of the game. <laughs> well, I'm really looking forward to it. And I guess I still have to play a little bit of Donkey Kong Country. Mm-hmm. About, what, only a third uh, or uh, halfway through that? Mm. Is that what you said, Josh? Something like that, yeah. It's mm. such a good game. It's so yeah. goddamn hard in the end. Well, I've got to move all my stuff out of this apartment and into a new house over the next 15, or, uh, sorry, 22 days. So uh... and somehow you'll still 100% Mario Odyssey well, that's not a switch. I don't, have to, I don't know. My TV, I've got to move my TV and all this other crap. So that won't be plugged in. I won't be playing PS4 or anything. So switch it is, I guess. Yes. Just Rocket, Rocket League, League. man. Gotta get Rocket League. And you don't have to plug anything back in. You can just play Rocket League. I have other stuff to play. Well, he would have to plug his modem back in. True. But then, but then you're good. 
All right, dude. Should we wrap this up? Yep. I think we'll call that a cast. All right. As I mentioned, the next episode will be the Thanksgiving special. So have turkey thoughts between now and then, everyone. <laughs> In the meantime, you can uh, check us out at ratherbecast.com and follow us on Twitter at RBPcast. Please, if you have some extra time, go on to iTunes or wherever you get your podcast and give us a like, uh, subscribe. We're on YouTube as well. Uh, tell your friends, get the word out. Let everyone know that you liked listening to us, if you did. And you could leave a review. Yes. <laughs> leave a review. Say something nice. Let us know what we're doing right. Even if you don't like it, let us know what we're doing wrong. But then keep that to yourself. <laughs> <laughs> you can also let us know what we're you doing. You could let us know. We do want to get better. And if you're unhappy at all with this podcast, we're here for you. This is the whole reason we're doing it. So, um let us know. Tell us what you really think about Elliot we're and, quite, and his outros. We're quite friendly. <laughs> <laughs> I do this for me. <laughs> you can catch us on Twitter at RBPCast. You can uh, get us individually at RBP Elliot, at RBP Josh, at RBP Stevo. Uh, you can catch us on Twitch uh, at Rather Be Playing. Twitch.tv yes. slash Rather Be Playing. Slash Rather Be Playing, where uh, you can find me playing a little bit of Super Mario Odyssey. I'm also thinking about playing something uh, a little more scripted, a little more linear. Um, Destiny thinking... 2. <laughs> <laughs> you are the devil. <laughs> no, I'm thinking of uh, uh, Hellblade Senua's uh, Sacrifice, right. actually. Yeah. Um, yeah. I'll watch you play think... some horror games. I don't like playing them, but I would love to watch you watch your streams. I should do that. Yeah, well, look out for that next couple of weeks. Yeah. There you go. All right, guys. All right, everyone. Good show. Thanks a yeah. lot. And we will catch you in a couple weeks. Catch Take care, everybody. All right. Bye-bye. Bye now.